You're listening to Market Like a Fintech, a podcast on a mission to find out what marketing strategies and tactics the top fintech companies use to acquire real customers, build a brand, and grow revenue. I'm Araminta, your host for today, a marketing consultant at Mint Studios and partner at the Fintech Marketing Hub. Today, I'm chatting with Jihan Hyde, founder of Communique and ESG Communicator. She has experience leading ESG campaigns with organizations such as Barclays, HSBC, and MS. With experience in eight sectors over six countries, Jihan's ESG campaigns have impacted over 150,000 employees, 200,000 customers, and resulted in 300 million pounds of investment deals in the past 15 years. Communique is a social enterprise startup that specializes in communicating strategies that focus on environmental, social, and governance. They work with organizations to develop communication strategies and campaigns that align the business with investors, employees, and clients. In this episode, Jihan and I chat about how fintech companies can communicate ESG more effectively, mistakes current fintechs are making, and how Communique helps those companies do a better job at communicating ESG initiatives. Let's hear from Jihan. Jihan, you work in the ESG space. Can you tell us what attracted you so much to the world of ESG? I think what attracted me is the enigma of ESG. It's, it is a buzzword that shouldn't actually be a buzzword, to be honest. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to eliminate the fact that it's a buzzword and I wanted to normalize it and make it part of how every company should operate. And this is why I've decided that, you know what, I want to create a company. I want to found a company that dives deeply into how we normalize ESG. And what does ESG mean for a fintech company? Does it mean donating to charity? Does it mean, you know, offering a longer paternal leave? It doesn't mean LED light bulbs in the office. What, is, what does ESG mean in, for a fintech company? So ESG is a term that is only known and widely used by investors. So Jihan in the street, just for you to know, Armenta, will not know what ESG is. It is, the, uh, Jihan in the street will know it as sustainability. The term stands for environmental, social, and governance. Environmental deals with how fintechs talk about their positive or negative impact on their environment that they're operating in. Some of the some of the topics that's under environmental would include your energy consumption, your digital consumption, your waste consumption, and your carbon footprint. Okay, the S stands for social, which is also social impact, and that is how fintechs are treating their communities that they operate in. How are they treating their employees? How are they treating their investors and how are they treating their suppliers? So some of the subsets of this would include employee contracts, employee reward, supplier contracts, equality and diversity and inclusion, for example, and uh, CSR, corporate social responsibility. Then we move into governance. Governance is the interesting one to me because It's not loved much. (laughs) You don't hear much. You don't see a lot of campaigns about governance. And governance is mainly about how fintechs protects itself internally and how is it governed and how is it being ethical. 
So think of the compliance, the risk policies, think of the diversity of the board, think of the pay gap between the female and male uh, board members, for example. So this is what ESG stands for. Why fintech? You have experience working for banks, HSBC, Barclays, and now you're doing ESG in the fintech space. Why, why fintech specifically? So it's interesting. <laughs> okay, I, I've been asked this before and I laugh because I genuinely stumbled upon the fintech. My background is marketing and then I moved into advertising. And then finally I settled into employee communications. And in total, I have 22 years of experience, but it was across eight different sectors, one of which is financial services. So I was in HSBC and I was in Barclays in the UK, for example. And then last year, I stumbled upon fintechs and I started searching, what are fintechs? What makes them special? And this is when I realized that actually fintechs is a sector that's not been tapped into yet from a communications point of view. It's a sector that's worth 4.7 trillion in the market, in the global market, as as we speak. And it's one of the few sectors that will truly, truly make a difference to people's livelihood and saving our environment because of its technologies and, and easy access. And this is where I realized, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to be infinite. I want to help people and I want to impact the environment positively. So, yes. (laughs) <laughs> that, that's that's very interesting. I, I will touch on this a little bit later uh, in the interview, what fintech can do to solve all the many problems in the world today. But do you think, just from your own experience, do you think it's easier for a fintech to be ESG or to implement ESG policies? Or is it easier for a bank? Because a bank has bigger, like more resources. Maybe they can take in really like, uh, like full-time consultants, whereas a fintech is maybe just a little bit smaller. So... Yeah, do you think, which one do you think is, do you think it's easier? Are they both similar cases or are there too many differences between like an incumbent bank and a fintech company? It depends. To be, to be honest, I think the, the issue with both of them is the lack of data. So they both have, have problems with data because at this moment of time, we are not yet, we haven't yet cracked how to gather a, um, the correct and accurate data when it comes to the environmental impact specifically. But from an easiness point of view, I think fintechs are easier to calculate and to report on their ESG purely because of their size and because of their technology and definitely because of the fact that they could be operating from from their homes, for example, as opposed to having an office space that would add to the complexity of, of reporting on their ESG. So to answer your question, I think it's a lot easier for fintechs to report in ESG than the larger banks and other sectors as well. I mean, they're more nimble, they're smaller, the communication is a bit easier. That's pretty much what you're saying, right? The communication is definitely easier because it's instant. If we look at the fintechs as we speak at the moment, and even the biggest ones, they're maximum 150 employees. Mm-hmm. They're not that big. Well, unless we're talking about like scale-ups, maybe then there would be another level. Yes. But you're talking about really small. Yeah. I'm talking about the smaller ones. And I'm also talking even the scale-ups, what, a thousand, two thousand? That's still a lot Mm -hmm. easier than HSBC's 250,000, for example. So it is a lot easier. And 
I think the impact, it's more evident and it would be more noticeable in fintechs than it would be in traditional banks. That's interesting. You've done a lot of research at your company, Communique, on whether fintech companies are being ESG and, you know, what they're doing well, what they're not doing well. And you've said that they don't really have a holistic approach. What what does a holistic ESG approach mean? And yeah, what does it mean for a fintech company? I had a feeling you're going to ask me this question. Uh, <laughs> okay, so let me let me take a step back and talk to you about the research we have done. To be honest, the reason I I commissioned this research and I did this research with myself and my team is because I wanted to understand what does ESG really mean for fintechs and how can you actually communicate ESG. So what we did is we looked at the biggest neobanks, the biggest payments and the largest SaaS companies in Europe. So we focused on Europe. I wanted to start with Europe first because Europe is way ahead when it comes to ESG than the rest of the world. So I wanted to focus with that. The other reason I wanted to understand is I wanted to understand how are they approaching the campaigns? So the first one I wanted to understand is, are they actually ESG communicating? And B is I wanted to understand how are they communicating it? So we looked at the tone of voice, for example, We looked at the channels they've used. We looked at the type of campaigns they've used uh, or they've uh, launched. And I was baffled. I was really, really baffled. I wasn't surprised. I expected it from from working in the likes of BP and HSBC. If the big ones haven't cracked it, then fintechs are not yet have cracked it either. And what I found is that fintechs are, are very, very good at least the the research samples that we've analyzed. So we analyzed the likes of Monzo, the likes of Sterling, Starling, sorry, and the likes of um, GoCo, the likes of uh, GoHenry, for example, the likes of uh, uh, Planetary. So there was a whole array of different sizes and approaches to uh, and and segments within the fintech. The common thread between all of them is the fact that they are very good at saying what they're doing when it comes to ESG. So let's take, for example, Starling. In 2020, at the end of 2020, they launched a campaign called Refer a Friend. And this campaign aims to, if I encourage my family and friends to open an account, Starling will match whoever opens a new account by donating three pounds to WWF so that they can plant trees. And they were very aggressive in their social media. And they did a really good job in their social media. But then until this day, I have no idea how many trees were planted, how many people were actually referred. I know nothing. So from a consumer point of view, yes, I contributed. I know I have because Starling told me I have. But I have no idea how I did that. So they didn't really educate me. They didn't really take me with them through the journey. And to me, as a conscious consumer, that's not good enough. And this, is wh- and this is where a holistic approach is needed. If you are to communicate ESG right, you need to work on the mindset. Don't just focus on selling the product. Focus on changing the mindset and the behaviors, because if you succeed in doing this, then you will definitely, your product will automatically rocket, because I'll be your advocate. And this is something fintechs are not really taking into account. To give you another example, we looked at uh, GoHenry. So for those of you who don't know GoHenry, 
I'm assuming everyone will know, but in case, if you don't, it is a payment company that's aimed at children between the age of 16 to 14. And basically, it's a, it's a debit card that is pumped in, not pumped, pumped is the wrong word. Uh, <laughs> add money, put money in by our Sorry, because my mother always said, yeah, I'm going to pump you some money. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's a payment company that's aimed for children, basically, to help them manage yep. their, their payments. They have launched a green campaign and they called it Go Green. And basically, it is their biodegradable credit card or debit card even. Unfortunately for Go Henry, they focus so much on telling me as a mother on what is the card made of rather than helping me understand how the card is going to help save the planet. What they also did, which in my opinion, I don't know, I don't think it's the right approach because again, for you to succeed in communicating ESG, you need to change mindset. What they also did is that they focused heavily on the social media outlets that are aimed at the parents, which I understand why, since they're the ones who are going to buy and, and buy the account. I understand that. But I wish they targeted the youngsters in their social medias, that's, such as TikTok or Snapchat, and talk to them about conscious consumerism and how they can use the Go Green card in buying sustainable products. Again, mindset change. So to summarize the answer for you, what fintechs are doing wrong is that they're focusing completely on their actual products and their actual campaigns at this moment of time, but they're not taking me with them through the journey and constantly reminding me what role do I play as a consumer and client and an investor, by the way, in making their work and their impact more visible and their ESG more sustain, uh, more uh, impactful. Wow, that's, that's really interesting. Thank you so much for taking us through those two examples. I like what you're saying about it's about a mindset change. What does that mean exactly? Like, does that mean that people in the office, the employees, they live and breathe ESG? Do you, does it mean that there are people who are regularly coming to the offices and, ex, and giving like presentations on what ESG means? Or does it mean more like marketing campaigns that, as you said, the journey is a lot more, like you're taking the consumer through the journey? To answer your question, let me just take a step back. ESG, and specifically the E, now, I mean, if you, if you notice, my, most of my answers are on the E because that's the most complex. The S and the G, we have, we've, been, we've been speaking about it for a while now, and we know how to measure it, the, the, including DNI, for example. But the E specifically means different things to different people. And I have blogged about this, where I said climate change and crisis mean different things, uh, different things things to different people, depending on where they live. As someone who I am from the Middle East, the way I witness and, and, ex and experience climate change is completely different than you, were, you are, for example, if you are based in the Amazon. As, a human beings, as human beings, we are wired to 
to to react to an immediate threat. We we are not wired to prepare for a threat that's still coming. We don't know how to do that. You were saying that ESG is more of a mindset thing, and I'm trying to kind of unpack what that means. And I'm asking because obviously I'm I'm still learning about this. I'm definitely not an expert, so I'm trying to understand: is it more of a mindset of the employees? Do they live and breathe this, or is it more of a like how we communicate to the world and we take our consumers through a journey? A mindset change means you live and breathe what you preach. Your behaviors and your attitudes should mirror what you believe in. For ESG and for fintech specifically, to succeed in changing a mindset, there are certain ways that we need to take a certain, sorry, certain steps that we need to take in order to achieve that. The first one, to communicate ESG holistically. So take me through the journey. Tell me exactly what role do I play, okay? Because as a human being, I want to feel valued. I want to feel important. I want to feel like I'm making a difference. And if you're not explaining all of this for me, I will feel that I've been alienated and that I don't understand what you want me to do. Number two, it needs to work to be a positive story. There was a research that was done by the University of East London where they've asked two sets of people, sorry, not asked, bombarded two sets of people with negative stories versus positive stories. The ones who were bombarded by negative stories really felt stressed and felt alienated, but most importantly, felt that they don't, they didn't, they lost faith in humanity. But the ones who were told positive stories and been given a solution to a problem, they actually felt that they knew exactly where they stood. They knew what role, not what role they play, but they, they, they felt like they belonged if that makes sense. They felt that there is faith and they wanted, they knew there was a problem and they want to be part of the problem. And this is why if you communicate ESG, don't shock people. Greenpeace are very good with shocking you with like terrifying stories. We are not wired to think differently when we see this. We will be shocked at the moment when we see it, But then as human beings, we tend to forget and we block out negative stories. So that's not going to resonate with us after we close that TV. And this is where the mindset, this is how you change mindset. You tell a holistic story, you tell a positive story. Okay. And the most important, the third one is you open a channel where people can feed back their input and their ideas. Because believe it or not, and I always been saying this, but unfortunately, I don't know. I don't think fintechs are ready for this yet. Employees, employees are key when it comes to ESG because employees know your business better than you do, by the way. And to give you an example, not fintech related, but tech related, IBM every year when they're looking into their sustainability initiatives and sustainability policies and procedures, they make a point to ask their managers and their teams to fill in assessments with ideas on how they can move IBM forward. And because of that, 
their profit increased dramatically because they listened, they opened the channels. It was actually um, for another company, which is PG Tips. It's a tea company based in the UK. It was an employee who came up with an idea to reduce the ceiling of the tea bags by three millimeters. And because of just that, they saved almost 2,000 kilos of paper. But not only that, they made um, an increase in profit by 50,000 pounds purely because they've increased a three millimeter tea bag seal. And this is where it's really important. You have to assign your champions and you have to make sure that you have this channel open to hear from your customers and your clients. This episode is sponsored by VC Innovations. VC Innovations is a full-stack marketing services agency dedicated to innovation industries with a special focus on fintech. They work with businesses across three key areas of marketing, demand generation campaigns, and event properties, including the must-attend Fintech Talents Festival. Check out vcinnovations.co.uk to find out more. I like the last point, and you've just mentioned employees and actually customers is a big part. Do you think also fintechs, like, are there any examples of fintech companies asking their customers, what are some ESG initiatives that you would like to see? Is that I have something not. That, I have no? not. Do you yeah, think it's no. a good strategy or good it's a, idea? It's a, it's, a, it's a very good strategy. A recent okay. research that was just uh, launched, it was, saying, it was saying that one in three consumers are only going from now on to buy sustainable products, including banking products. Mm. One in three, that's a lot. If you look at um, the Gen Z that's out there, and don't forget, Gen Zs are going to be our investors very soon, if not even started already, thanks to crowdfunding. If you look at the Gen Zs, they are saying that they would actually, 70% of the Gen Zs in China, for example, said that they are willing to pay 0.05% of their salary to save the planet. So we have no option but to listen to our customers because they're our employees, our, our um, investors, and our customers. If we, don't get, if we don't open the channels for the three, we will not move forward. That's for sure. Wow. Yeah, I, I like that. And, I, and it's very, I feel like there's a lot of communication here involved, right? Both ways. And I kind of want to dive a little bit deeper now into how you at Common Unique, how you help fintech companies with ESG. How do you help them communicate their ESG policies better? So yeah, just a few, like, where do you start, basically? <laughs> where do I start? Oh, God. I start there. I would love to start from very, very, before they even fi- found the company. That would be lovely. Yeah. <laughs> so if you have an idea, come to me first before you start your company, please. So in Common Unique, we offer, we offer, Three different services, okay? The first service that if fintechs want to become sustainable, whether because they're facing pressures from the investors or the customers, or even because they, it's, it's part of their why, but they don't know how to do that, they don't have the skill set internally to do so, we will come in and we will analyze their policies, their procedures, we will analyze their business model, 
We will analyze their relationship with their stakeholders internally and externally. So we don't focus on shareholders. We focus on stakeholder capitalism. Okay. And then we then provide them with a recommendation on how they should be sustainable and what ways they could be sustainable. The second service is that if they are already having everything in place related to ESG, but they don't have the skill set from a communications point of view, nor do they have the capacity to do so, this is where we come in and then we design the ESG communication strategy for them that aligns with their values, with their purpose, and with their mission. Where do we start? We start from the beginning. We always start with the why, Araminta. Always start with the why. Why do you why do you want to be sustainable? Because if it's a tick in the box, then go somewhere else. I'm not going to be able to help you. It's my reputation in the line. However, if you really mean it and you want to be sustainable, why do you want to be sustainable? And how does that align with your values, with your mission and vision? So to give you an example, I'm at the moment, my, one of my clients, they're being bought. So they're in the fintech world, by the way, and they're being bought by a bigger, bigger, bigger company. And because of that, they're going to be rebranding. And, re, and because of the regulators, regulation in the, com, in the country, they have to now report on ESG, whether they like it or not. So they came to me and said, Jihan, what is ESG? What, what do we do? Now we're going to be two companies aligned by one. We both have different values, different mission, different vision, but we are now going to be one. How do we do that? So I'm working with them to figure out and determine what is the unified values? What are the unified, what is the why from the merging? What impact do they want to have on their people, on their planet and on their profit? I also analyze their strategy for growth moving forward. And based on that, with my strategic advisors, because I am not the sustainability expert, I'm the communication expert. So based on that, we then, we're going to now provide them with a whole outline on how, what policies needs to come in place, how it, should be, how it should be determined, and then how we should be communicating it differently. You've touched on on two topics there that I think are are interesting. Regulation is that because this is what makes fintech a different industry than 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 others than maybe just tech, right? Facebook is different to Starling or to Monzo because you're managing people's money. You since you've been working in this space for 22 years, have you come across like when it comes to regulation in the fintech space? Is this something of a barrier, or has it actually encouraged more companies to? to be more ESG, to, yeah, to think more about their stakeholders in general? Regulation is a very difficult, it's, it's a pain point, to be fair. It's a real pain point because the regulators are very good of telling you what is the regulation, but they're not telling you how to report on it. And I think that's the problem. So even now with ESG, there are some gaps on how to report. So if you notice, so one of the gaps I spotted is we don't actually report on how our employees are our advocates to ESG and how, how employees are helping ESG to come to life. We don't report on that. 
you report on your energy consumption. I mean, if you're talking about data sets, I think there is around 500,000 data sets that you need to report on from memory, but don't quote me on that. So the reporting is very difficult. However, whether we like it or not, we will all have to report on it because we live in countries that have signed the agreement to take ESG and sustainability seriously. If you look at the SEC in the US, now all companies who are listed have to report on ESG. Switzerland have just launched a new regulation saying, if you're small, if you're big and you operate in Switzerland, you will have to report on your ESG factors. So reporting is going to be interesting because each country is going to report on ESG, but they will be reporting differently. So that could be a problem for the fintechs to determine how and what they should be reporting on. Yeah, a problem for the technical sustainability experts, right? It is, it is. And the problem as well, Armenta, the reporting is very subjective mm. and that's my problem. My, my, my pain point is the fact that it's really subjective because we haven't yet cracked the technology that would help us calculate our environmental impact, our social impact, and our um, governance yet. There is no proof, for example, that if you have a solid governance and compliance procedure, that your sales is going to increase, for example. There mm -hmm. is no proof. And to me, that is, that is a very dangerous yet interesting point, if that makes sense. Yeah. And especially from a communication, sorry to interrupt, especially from a communications point of view, this is where you were saying it could result in greenwashing. Well, that's a perfect segue to what I wanted to ask you next, which is, you know, going back to communications, how can, imagine we have a fintech company that has the best intentions, right? They want to change their mindset. They want to be ESG. But, you know, I think sometimes greenwashing can happen kind of by accident, unintentionally. Yes. As in that they might communicate, they're just bad at communicating, right? And this is where you come in. How can a fintech company avoid greenwashing or just uh, being lips, like lip service to, to uh, ESG in general? Two ways that I advise my, my clients on. Number one, have a communicator who knows nothing about ESG. Oh, wow. Okay. Have someone who would be able and who is confident enough to ask the, the questions that no one else dares to ask the questions. When you don't know anything about anything, your curiosity is going to get that your curiosity is going to work for you. So this is my so this is I always say to my team, be naive. Your naivety is your strength. Okay. The second, test the message before you launch it. Test it with your customers, test it with your client, um, sorry, investors, and definitely test it with your employees. Because if your employees don't believe it, your customers and investors won't believe it. And, per and to me, these are the two ways that you can avoid greenwashing for now until the data helps us and the technology arms us with the right data. I really like what you're saying. Be naive. I think that can be applied to a lot of other areas, maybe even in communication and maybe even in marketing where just being curious is enough, right? Yes, yes. And I think, I think that's where my strength really lied in the previous times, because working in eight sectors, it's not usual for a communicator mm. 
we tend to be very comfortable with one sector and we just stick to it. I specifically wanted not to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. And my naivety is what won me the awards. It was, it's what really made an impact. And I was able to measure the impact purely because I always follow this way. So basically, when I go into a meeting, and this has always been my mojo, my mojo, my motto even. <laughs> it could be my mojo as well. <laughs> also, yeah, both, both works. <laughs> exactly. Um, I always go to a meeting with three personalities that have to attend the meeting. Number one, the joker, mm-hmm. someone who jokes, but then also asks the difficult questions. Number two, the poet or the dreamer, someone who always sees the world as the best place ever and they're always optimistic. And number three, the craftsman, the, the expert. When you have these three personalities in a meeting, this meeting is going to be a very interesting meeting because the three of them are going to push each other to get to the best outcome possible. And this is where I test my messages normally with these three personalities. If it passes them three, I'm fine. I know for a fact wow. I've done it. That's a, that's a really interesting approach. I'd love to like go a bit deeper into that, but we're kind of a bit short of time, maybe for another podcast episode. Actually. <laughs> um, I actually, before my last question, I want to ask you, we've talked a lot about ESG communication. What are some examples of fintech companies that are, you think are doing a good job with ESG communication? Uh, plant tree. Uh, planetary, uh, uh, are you aware of them? Nope. Okay, so they are a fintech that helps you as an organization to calculate your carbon footprint. And the way you, um, the way it's, yeah, plantly, and they're based in Germany, and I really like the way they're communicating. Because Don't get me wrong, they're still not doing the holistic approach, okay? Okay. They're still not having cracked that. But what I like about them is the fact that they use the educational approach to all of their campaigns. And, I, and I'm really, really fond of them. So they, this will be one of the uh, best examples out there, in my opinion. Okay, that's good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check them out. So Jihan, thank you so much for, for telling us all about ESG and communication. There's a lot, actually, I've realized. And to be fair, we could talk about this for a long time. I have one last question for you, and it's a bit of a loaded question, but it's a still very interesting one. And yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you think, or, or how do you think, or why do you think fintech can help solve climate change? We, we talked about this at the beginning of the episode. You said that you believe that fintech has an essential role to play in climate change. And, and so do I, because I've talked to quite a few fintechs that are trying to solve this problem. And it's very exciting because you think, okay, fintech, finance, money, money moves the world. If we can, you know, crack that bit, then we can influence other parts. But I want to hear your perspective on it and hear, to see, yeah, see in what ways do you think fintech can help solve this giant problem ahead of us? In changing people's perception and changing people's livelihood, don't forget when people are struggling to live Aramenta, climate change is not key for them. They're, they're too busy wanting to survive. But with fintech, they can actually change the livelihood. And when you change someone's livelihood, their educational level will change, their 
perception of the world will change. And you're right when you said money changes, money moves, money, money impacts communities. So through fintech, specifically with the technology that they have or that they're providing at the moment, through the easiness of conducting a business transaction, will make people be able to have some time to reflect on what impact they have on their environment and their communities. And I think that's one of the ways that fintechs will be able to change and to impact positively the climate change and the crisis. I have one short follow-up question. I don't know if you've heard of companies like Sustainably in Scotland, and there's one called Mito in Barcelona. And basically, they just it's a fintech where you can offset your carbon footprint. I think they they each work a little bit differently, but essentially, every time you purchase... So with Mito, every time you purchase something that is from a certified merchant, basically, you get cash back. Uh, with sustainably, I think it's more about carbon footprint. I'm not quite sure. But do you believe that fintechs like these are effective in you know, helping solve the, the climate change issue? Oh, absolutely. To give you another cool. example, there is actually a coffee company that whereby when you buy the package, when you take it off the shelf, there is a, there is a barcode and you scan the barcode. And when you do that, you're actually paying the money to the farmer who harvested the coffee. That's amazing. I want to pay the farmer who harvested the coffee. I don't want to give it to the middle people, you know, and this is, this actually tackles two issues, the climate change. Okay. Because it's less digital from an energy perspective. So rather than me paying that company and that company paying the farmer, from a digital energy saving perspective, I'm just paying the person directly. And from, a, and from a social perspective, he's getting, he or she are getting the full payment as opposed to a percentage of the payment. And for me, that's one of the ways that fintechs will be able to help save the environment and impact social, uh, social and have a social impact. Yeah, it's, it's one of the reasons why fintech is such an exciting space to be in because it's not only is it tech, so, you know, exciting new tech all the time, but it's also like tech that's actually solving essential problems. So, I just really wish, you're right, I just really, really wish they need, that they stop focusing on the products and think mm. of the impact that the products have on people and planet. Better I education. For, as in, yes, from an education, I know for a fact, and I'm a startup myself, I understand the mentality of the founders and CEOs. At the beginning, they're, they're, they just want to focus on moving and, and MVPing and just launching the product. But I would love that they just, while they're doing that, they focus on the mindset change. They focus on the advocacy that the product could have and result to. Because if you get that right, you're set. You're absolutely set, in my opinion. Well, that's, that's really exciting. And if anyone listening is interested in learning more about, you know, what they can do for ESG, they can, they can go to your website and learn a lot more, right? And we'll add the link in the show notes. Uh, but I've, I've, so, I've seen your videos, like, and you're, you write a lot about this. So I think that there's enough on there so that people can, like, begin with, start with and learn more about yes. what to do. And I'm also going to add some more case studies. I was holding nice. off on case studies for now. But now that we've, we've provided some measurable work to fintechs, I, I will be adding some case studies as well. Awesome. 
That's, that's great to hear. Well, Jihan, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and telling us everything about ESG and, and fintech. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can find all the information and show notes over at fintechmarketinghub.com. If you'd like to come on the podcast or just share some feedback, don't hesitate to get in touch with us. We're always looking for ways to improve the podcast. That's all for today. See you next time.